HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.kane5.com. This is Severin reporting live. I am joined on the phone by Noah. How you doing? Oh no, this is Zach. <gasps> Sorry. Hi. Yes, Zach. <laughs> I'm good. It's a beautiful day here in central Washington. The sun is out, and we're getting a lot done on the farm today. Now, um, many people know about east, about western Washington, and all that goes on around Seattle and the food scene, but I don't know that everybody knows what happens in central Washington. Would you mind giving us a little overview of the ag situation in your part of the state? Sure. Well, I moved here two and a half years ago to work for a vegetable farm um, that is owned by a man who uh, started out kind of with the big agricultural model uh, as an orchardist and as a hay farmer and also as someone who owns land and leases it to people that grow kind of big, big plots of 100 acres of corn or 100 acres of potatoes or 100 acres of peas in a format called the circle, which is like a big, long, walking overhead irrigation system that's attached to the center of a field, um, and it sweeps around the field in a circle. Uh, That's why they're called circles. So there are a lot of circles out here, a lot of row cropping and hay farming and orchards and vineyards. Um, so the ag situation in central Washington is that there's a ton of it, um, but it's almost all more the large-scale conventional agriculture without a lot of organic or a lot of diversity. And um, there's a ton of people living uh, in rural areas on small farms or small acreages uh, who have land to garden and raised livestock. And so, in general, I think the population of central Washington is a lot more familiar with traditional rural skills, um, like gardening and and raising animals and and things like that. Um, But then in terms of the work that they do, a lot of them are involved in really large-scale conventional uh, farming, growing commodities. People grow a lot of apples and corn and um, 
not a lot of soy. A lot of wheat gets grown out here, too, and potatoes, huge amount of potatoes. So that's the scene in central Washington. Central Washington is very hot and dry and sunny, and it's not uncommon for us to have, uh, you know, 90-degree weather in May, and then by July and August and September, it's up in the hundreds for the high of the day. Big, wide-open spaces with lots of cliffs and rocky hills and uh, sagebrush and desert-type landscape. It's a very beautiful, open, sunny area. Uh, it's kind of the opposite of western Washington in terms of its climate. And when you came there, were you ready for what you were um, going to experience? Were you, where were you coming from, and what surprised you? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you were coming from somewhere a little bit more populous. Yeah, well, I had landed in Washington seven years ago and worked at a retreat center called Village as a cook kitchen, and Holden is central Washington, so I was pretty familiar with the area because when I first landed in Washington, where I landed, and then I moved to Seattle and worked as a on Mercer Island, and then uh, before that, I was my first farming job, where I got an internship on an organic farm called Growing Things Farm Incarnation. And it was a diversified organic farm. Um, and Carnation has a ton of organic farms. The Carnation, uh, Duval, Woodenville uh, corridor is filled with um, a lot of really neat people doing organic farming. So I did an organic farming internship there and then cooked again and then uh, I got a job a uh, really fun job working as a farmer's market assistant and coordinator at the Pike Place Market in downtown Seattle. And they have about 100 farmers that uh, buy permits and at any given day are showing up in different combinations to sell on the street or inside from tables. And so there's a department at the, at the Pike Place Market that just handles, like, renting space to farmers and getting the market going and working with craftspeople. And so I worked there for two years, helping with the day-to-day operations of the farmer's market at Pike, and that's where I met the people I work for now. They were coming over to Pike to sell apples, potatoes, and garlic, and I was kind of, uh, the job I had was kind of more of an office job or an administrative job, even though I was working with farmers. I wasn't really farming or gardening, so I kind of had a little bit of a desire to get back into growing food and um, farming, and the family that owns this farm really had a wonderful opportunity uh, for people to manage, one or two people to manage the market garden. It was a, a nice, um, just a really nice opportunity to kind of be a little bit of my own boss and get to kind of use their resources that they have from being a farming family to grow like a half acre of vegetables and then, um, help out with growing an acre of potatoes and a half acre of garlic. And um, so we started attending farmer's markets in central Washington. And the first year I was here, uh, we kind of <clears throat> revamped our booth at the Ellensburg Farmer's Market, and it really took off and started to be nominally successful. And uh, people, I just kind of had worked on the west side and was used to how 
kids were displaying things and and the kind of feel that they give their their booths on the west side, the way they display and the things they grow. And in central Washington, people didn't really at their farmer's markets have, like, nice organic vegetables being displayed in beautiful ways. Um, so when I started doing that at Ellensburg, I, I think the response was overwhelmingly positive, and uh, we just grew and grew, and um, we have four, four to six uh, full-time employees, and we have three to four interns, and uh, we're going to three farmer's markets on, in central Washington, and we have a 65-person we have a 65-person CSA uh, that um, we have a kind of a waiting list for. We anticipate being at 100 by midsummer, but our spring has been kind of slow and cold, so we're uh, holding off on 100, and we're just sticking with 65 until um, a little bit later on. I think with central Washington, people that farm over here and have uh, diversified organic farms have traditionally focused on uh, taking it all to the Seattle area and selling it there and going to those farmers markets. And so there is a farmers market scene here, but I feel like it had been a little neglected. Um, it's been a little neglected because uh, people can charge more on the west side and that there's so many more people on the west side. Um, so we were really lucky because I think we were doing at our farmers markets a lot of what's happening over there. But because no one was really doing it over here, we just really were uh, really successful, and that drew a lot of attention to us, and the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, so, well, yeah, you know, I, um, in Detroit, they have this really awesome bumper sticker. Uh, everyone puts it on their bike. It says, fuck cool cities. And slightly, I feel like the situation is the same in the farming world, that, you know, New York and San Francisco get all the attention and, and you know, the, the smaller cities um, sometimes haven't seen the same innovations. But that is actually, you know, a great chance to go and live in a little bit more of a human-scale place and not have to deal with the mania of, uh, or megalomania, I should say, of super fancy chefs and, um, yeah, well, the challenges I was running into in Seattle was that I was living in Capitol Hill, which is a very wonderful urban area, very close to the center of the city, and I was working an office job, and I really wanted to garden, and uh, land was just impossible to find, and um, I was uh, young and enough or a novice enough that I wasn't just going to go try and start my own farm or... Um, maybe pursue a full-time farming job. So I, I uh, through Craigslist, found a quarter-acre lot in West Seattle and started a community garden there while I was working at Pike Place Market. And I would commute over there on the weekends to just grow a little garden and hang out with the people that lived in that neighborhood. And uh, it just seemed like a miracle that I had found a quarter-acre of land in Seattle and... Um, <coughs> Just like it was so precious because land is so hard to find, it's overwhelmed with housing and apartments and condos, and um, and then out here in central Washington, there is nothing but land. People have tons of land out here. There's tons of farming that's going on, and uh, they they need uh, people to work on the farms out here 
So I feel like while we're in an economic recession, at least in my area, I feel like most people are employed, it seems like, or people that have agricultural skills don't seem to have trouble finding jobs out here because uh, people are still growing a ton of food. And the scale is a lot larger, so um, some of the ag jobs are like not necessarily small-scale organic diversified jobs, but there's a lot of opportunity for people that are willing to come to an uh, an unsexy area and just sort of figure out how to make a, a go of it. And Seattle is actually quite close. Like, we're two and a half hours from Seattle, so when when I have more free time, I can easily go there for uh, two or three days at a time to hang out and catch up with people. And, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity in rural areas for people to work with established farmers who have land and equipment and uh, kind of build a new, uh, you know, build a new business with them or revitalize whatever business they have. Um, that's kind of what's happening at Cloudview is that uh, the owner of the farm has just opened his, his farm up and his housing and his land and equipment to young people who who are um, working with him to do this farm, and he kind of oversees it, but really we we all together are, are doing it pretty collaboratively. We call it co-creating, sort of co-creating um, uh, together, and people out here are really um, excited when they find because they're, they're used to having to drive to the west side to go to PCC to stock up on things or... Um, they're just used to having to shop in the sort of bland organic section at, at the regular grocery store. And, um, yeah, so we just, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And our CSA last year, we started at 20, and uh, this year we're starting at 65. So our CSA is three times larger on day one this year than it was last year. And that's all by word of mouth. We haven't done a ton of advertising. Um, just people have been telling each other about it, and so they've been signing up like crazy. And uh, we also have a little bit of animals. We have three milking goats and 20 chickens and um, six pigs, and we have animals just on the farm for, like ourselves so that we can grow our own milk and, and eggs. And, um, but the main thing that we do is grow and sell the vegetables. We're really... Uh, into potatoes, we grow a lot of potatoes, and then we're really into specialty garlic. We grow uh, about 10 kinds of specialty garlic. So our booth at the market is kind of a quarter potatoes and a quarter garlic. And then the uh, gym, the owner, has an organic apple orchard, so we bring a lot of apples to the farmer's market. And then we're growing, we're growing the vegetables on about 15 acres, but at any given time, about seven acres is cover cropped. So we have about seven acres of vegetables and another seven or so of um, cover cropped land where we're going to grow stuff next year or the year after. So what you're saying is it's tremendously ambitious what you got going on, and if, if there are other people in the city who are working as bartenders or in, re- in foodie restaurants or kind of in the scene in a kind of marginal way that there's way much opportunity to just bite the bullet and and get rural, and I agree with you. The whole two and I'm a two. I'm also a two and a half hour into the city um, place. It's awesome. It's an awesome distance away. <laughs> I 
I'd love to be three and a half hours. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, we uh, we definitely, like in the off-season in the winter, we have a lot more free time, and we work together to have, like, someone on the farm at any given time to just work work on taking care of the animals and to be here in case the pipe breaks and water's spewing out or just uh, kind of someone farm sits. But then uh, for several months of the year, I can just kind of leave and wander around. And if I wanted to get a city fix, I, I could because um, there's not a lot to do in the winter, and if you have enough people on the farm, someone can babysit the farm uh, while while other people go have adventures. And then we kind of take turns, and then I come back and uh, take a turn at, at farm sitting while someone else goes off and does something cool. So we, well, and, we the, whole, and the babysitter, that babysitter role, that's another great place for somebody who's just, like, in the beginning of their farm career and thinking it through and, like, testing it out and, and checking out a farm, you know, next time you're, if you're in that position of, like, in between and checking out a farm and maybe you want to apprentice there or what kind of farm is this or babysitting a farm, whoa, such a great, such a better thing to offer than can I come hang out with you in August and eat your tomatoes. Such a better right. way to be relevant, uh, to be relevant to the farmers. Well, and, uh, increasingly, as we grow and grow more storage crops, we actually have a lot of stuff to sell and uh, to deliver in the off-season. So more and more, we are finding ourselves kind of still not really working full-time, but a couple days a week packing and, and driving off produce orders for potatoes, rutabagas, onions, garlic, winter squash, um, beets, things that... We grow a lot of and then sack up, and then they keep fairly well apples. So there's a little bit of uh, work in the off-season. I also think that people, when I started farming, friends and family would ask me, well, do you want your own farm someday? And they, they really uh, still, like, repeatedly say, do you want your own farm someday? And I don't really want my own farm someday. I think that people forget that there are a lot of opportunities to be an employee on a farm, and to collaborate with the owner uh, in some fashion to, to make the farm work and to be a farmer. And I think, yeah, I'm pretty happy being a farm employee. And you don't have to have your own land or uh, buy your own farm to be a farmer, although that is nice when it does work out for you. Well, yeah, everybody has a different, you know, in the, in the world of rotational grazing, we all become familiar with something called the holistic goal. And your holistic goal is basically what you want. And then you, in, in rotational grazing, what you want is healthy cows and you want healthy pastures and you want un, no stress and all these things. And then you basically just plan your whole operation in order to achieve that goal. And I agree that if you don't want to be a farm owner necessarily as your holistic goal, um, and you're going to be facing a, a, a quite different set of challenges and opportunities. So getting clear about that earlier on and, like, testing that out and testing your goal would seem like a, um, a really positive, and it sounds like you're really in tune with that. I would urge others of you who are still kind of trying to figure out your holistic goal to become familiar with uh, holistic management and, and, and rotational grazing as a great framework for making decisions and an analysis. 
Uh, anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying you should read about Alan Savory. <laughs> hmm. um, Zach, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks you, for having are, me. Are we, gonna, are we gonna see you out there in Washington? You know, we're having another Young Farmer Mixer in Wenatchee. Yeah, I'll definitely be at that. That's very close to where I live. It's only an hour away. The, the last awesome. one was four, four or five hours away because of the ferry. Could have been mentioned five hours, and we just couldn't make it. But we are so glad that you're having a, a mixer in Wenatchee. That's awesome. There are a lot of cool farms in Omac and Tenasket and Wenatchee and uh, around Ellensburg and kind of the central. Well, you'll be he- you'll be hearing from me and hearing from Chandler um, in a couple in a yeah a couple weeks. Because we got we got we got some last stage planning, so spread the word, and I will I will be on the phone with you pretty soon again, I guess. Great, excellent. Awesome, possum. Thank you all for listening. It's been another episode of Greenhorns Radio. And uh, if you're not outside hurrying around, well then get outside and start hurrying around. Bye, everybody. following is a public service announcement from Just Food. Help bring live chickens into food challenge communities through your donations to the Just Food City Chicken Project 2011. The City Chicken Project would not be possible without the volunteer hours, donations, large and small, and the vibrant energy and ideas of the communities we work with. Just Food is a nonprofit organization that connects New York City communities and local and urban farmers with the resources and support they need to make fresh, locally grown food accessible to all. To donate, search on kickstarter.com for Just Food and find their City Chicken Project. For more information on Just Food, visit justfood.org or call 212-645-9880. That's 212-645-9880. Let's keep making New York City a better place to live and eat. This is Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. The new Whole Foods Market in Fairfield, Connecticut, uh, is going to be generating their own clean power on site with a Pure Cell, that's a registered trademark, System Model 400 from UTC Power. I'm going to quote now from Tristam Coffin, the Green Mission Specialist for Whole Foods Markets, Northeast Region. In connection to our company's green mission, we are very proud to be reducing our carbon footprint while producing clean energy in our new Fairfield, Connecticut location. UTC Power has been a great local partner in implementing our fuel cell to help us reduce our environmental impact in the Fairfield community. By generating most of its power on site with the fuel cell, the Whole Foods Market in Fairfield will prevent the release of more than 847 metric tons of carbon dioxide annually, the equivalent of planting more than 85 acres of trees. The reductions in nitrogen oxide emissions compared to a conventional power plant are equal to the environmental benefit of removing more than 100 cars from the road. In addition to the reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, the Pure Cell system will allow Whole Foods Market to save nearly 3.5 million gallons of water annually. Unlike central generation and other fuel cell technologies, the pure cell system is designed to operate in water balance so there is no consumption or discharge of water during its operation. That's an awesome story. Kudos to Whole Foods. Don't you love that? This has been Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer.
HeritageRadioNetwork.com has its own architecture show dedicated to the built environment, hosted by Curtis B. Wayne. Check out a small clip of Burning Down the House. So if we look at tall buildings and we talk about the wind blowing over them, we have all these different variants on, is it a horizontal rotor, like the big wind turbines that you see off of Aarhus in Denmark, I think it's where it is, and the local people are very proud of it. Or Falmouth, where the locals are not happy at all. Out west, there are enormous wind farms, but they're far from from habitations. And so the low-frequency sound that's generated by those turbines is not a problem. Um, but what, what we don't want in terms of taking this notion, this, this notion of the future and making it beautiful and bright and, and clean and, and silent is uh, to create... Want to hear more? Well, tune in live to Burning Down the House every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Or check out past episodes in our archive or subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Thanks for listening.